Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to worship this morning. It's very good to be with you all here in the Lord's house to once more on the Lord's day to worship him and to receive his gifts that he has prepared for us through his word and through his sacraments. Why don't we stand this morning and greet each other in the name of the Lord. And members, if you see somebody that you don't recognize, please go say hi. Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Parker Shane, your announcer for this last Sunday of the church year. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sanger, and the acolytes are Peyton Manning and Carson Ray. Radio broadcast is sponsored by the funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. Our opening hymn is The Church is One Foundation, page 644 of the Lutheran Service Book. And we just have a few announcements uh, before we continue with our worship today. First of all, I want to give a big thank you to the Christmas Committee. The sanctuary looks beautiful, doesn't it? It looks great. It looks just wonderful. Yes, looks great. So thank you very much uh, to them for taking the time to make our sanctuary just such a lovely place to be here today. Uh, on the Christmas note, the Lutheran Youth Fellowship Christmas Dinner is today after church, so please plan on joining us for that so that we can... Uh, support our youth. Uh, next, I was also told by Grace that if you want to order Christmas poinsettias, you have to order them today. And so uh, you will need to see Grace or the church office in order to do that. Next, next Sunday, we, after the church service, we're going to have a very short voters meeting after church. The, the purpose for the voters meeting is every three years, our district has a district convention. And at that convention, we, we do a lot of really, really exciting stuff like voting on things. So exciting. Um, but uh, in order to do that, uh, I will be going, and then we need one lay delegate uh, from our congregation who will also be 
uh, attending that. So we will need to vote on that person and also an alternate um, in case that person cannot make it. So that is something that will happen after church next Sunday. And next, uh, Christmas caroling is happening. Susan, that's happening after, is it at, after church today? Okay, yeah, okay, okay. So, so after the dinner today, uh, there is a group, the Friends in Christ group, will be uh, going Christmas caroling. So if you have any questions, please see Susan for that. Uh, this coming Saturday on December the 9th, uh, the Monette Christmas Parade is happening. Our school will have a float in that parade, so please feel free to stop on out and uh, join us and to see us there. And then finally, uh, as I'm sure a lot of you know, today is a very special day in the day of my family. Um, my daughter, uh, Emma, is going to become a baptized child of the Heavenly Father today, and that's such an exciting thing for us. My father is here uh, to assist me and assist us in worship with that. He is a licensed deacon uh, within our synod, and so we're very, very, I am very, very pleased to, to have him here as well. I want to show you all something. The first hymn that we're going to be singing is number 644, so if you could turn there. And I want to point out something that has to do with Emma. On page 600, I'm sorry, uh, hymn number four, uh, 644, you'll notice uh, at the bottom of that hymn, which is the church's one foundation, you'll notice that at the bottom of that hymn, the bottom right corner is a name, and the name is Aurelia. Okay? This is where we got her middle name from. Aurelia is the name of the tune for which this hymn is played, and one of the reasons why we really, really like this, uh, really, really like this hymn is because of the last verse. Uh, Yet she on earth has union with God, the three in one, and mystic sweet communion with those whose rest is one. O blessed heavenly chorus, Lord, save us by your grace, that we, like saints before us, may see you face to face. And it is, is our hope and our prayer for Emma, and we pray that you all would join us in that. Um, that uh, as she grows older, that this hymn is a source of comfort for her. Um, specifically this last verse, as it reminds us of all of our loved ones who have gone before us, who have laid the path of, of faith. Uh, and so this, this hymn has special meaning for us, and this is where we get her middle name. And with that, uh, that's all of the announcements that we have. Let's open our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for a wonderful day, a day, Lord, in which we have the opportunity that we are called by your Holy Spirit, called by the gospel, to be here, to worship you, most importantly, Lord, to receive from you your word and your sacraments. We thank you, Lord, for giving us these means of grace, these great and incredible and tangible ways that you show us that, that, that you love us. Lord, we ask now that as we worship you, that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship here. Thank you, Lord, that none of us here are called here by chance. None of us uh, just so happen to be here, but Lord, we are here because you have wanted us to be here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so we sing that first hymn, The Church's One Foundation, number 644.
We are on page 268 of the front part of your hymnal, so if you would please turn there to join us. And I would also like to invite all of the young disciples who are here today to come forward and to sit right along here on the stairs uh, to watch this really great miracle happen. So we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dearly beloved, Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the last chapter of Mark, our Lord promises, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And the Apostle Peter has written, Baptism now saves you. The Word of God also teaches that we are all conceived and born sinful and under the power of the devil until Christ claims us as his own. We would be lost forever unless delivered from sin, death, and everlasting condemnation. But the Father of all mercy and grace has sent his Son, Jesus Christ, who atoned for the sin of the whole world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. How are you to be named? Emma Aurelia Sletton, receive the sign of the cross both upon your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, according to your strict judgment, you condemned the unbelieving world through the flood. Yet according to your great mercy, you preserved believing Noah and his family, eight souls in all. You drowned hard-hearted Pharaoh and all the host in the Red Sea. You led your people Israel through the water on dry ground, foreshadowing this washing of your holy baptism. Through the baptism in the Jordan, your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you sanctified and instituted all waters to be a blessed flood, allowing washing away of sin. We pray that you would behold Emma according to your boundless mercy and bless her with true faith by the Holy Spirit, that through this saving flood all sin in her, which has been inherited from Adam, and which she herself as committed sense, would be drowned and die. Grant that she be kept safe and secure in the holy ark of the Christian church, being separated from the multitude of unbelievers, and serving your name at all times with a fervent spirit and a joyful hope, so that with all believers in your promise, she would be declared worthy of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. From ancient times, the church has observed the custom of appointing sponsors for baptismal candidates and catechumens. In the Evangelical Lutheran Church, sponsors are to confess the faith expressed in the Apostles' Creed and taught in the small catechism. They are, whenever possible, to witness the baptism as those they sponsor. They are to pray for them, support them in their ongoing instruction and nurture in the Christian faith, and encourage them toward the faithful reception of the Lord's Supper. They are at all times to be examples to them of the holy life of faith in Christ and love for their neighbor. Is it your intention to serve Emma as sponsors in the Christian faith? If so, answer yes with the help of God. 
God enable you both to willing to do this faithful and loving work and with his grace, fulfill what we are unable to do. Amen. Amen. Hear the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. They brought young children to Jesus that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the word of the Lord. We pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord preserve your coming in and your going out from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. Because Emma cannot yet speak for herself, we, her Christian family, will speak on her behalf. Emma, do you renounce the devil? Yes. Do you renounce all his works? Yes. Do you renounce all his ways? Yes. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Yes. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting? Emma, do you desire to be baptized? Emma Aurelia Sletton, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Receive this white garment to show that you have been clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness that covers all your sin. So shall you stand without fear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the inheritance prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Emma now has two birthdays. Uh, the birthday that uh, happened uh, at birth at the hospital, and this day. And so, with, receive this burning light to show that you received Christ, who is the light of the world, 
Live always in the light of Christ and be ever watchful for his coming, that you may meet him with joy and enter with him into the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which shall have no end. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God and Father, we thank and praise you that you have graciously preserved and enlarged your family and granted Emma the new birth and holy baptism and made her a member of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, an heir of your heavenly kingdom. We humbly implore you that as she has now become your child, you would keep her in her baptismal grace, that according to your good pleasure, she may faithfully grow to lead a godly life to the praise and honor of your holy name. And finally, with all your saints, obtain the promised inheritance in heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Excuse me, guys. Scooch through yet. Thank you. So it is my joy and privilege to introduce to you this morning the newest member of God's family, Emma Aurelia Sletson. Will you please welcome her? So now I ask you, as her congregational family, do you promise to help uh, her mother and I to raise her, to pray for her, so that she might always know that Jesus is her Lord and Savior? If this is your intention, then answer by saying, Emma, we welcome you. And you, Emma, the Lord always bless your coming in and your going out. From this time forth and even forevermore. Okay, and you guys can go back and have a seat. But thank you for coming up. We continue now with our worship service. Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. We may have a I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment, but I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. For the sake of the holy Christian sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Dear Christian friends, I have good news for you today. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given his only Son to die for us, and for his sake, forgives us all our sins. 
To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God, as promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. Behold, your king is coming to you. To you, O Lord. O my God, I trust. In you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. To the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Behold, your King is coming to you. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our Old Testament lesson for this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 64. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence, when you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness, those who remember you and your ways. Behold, you are angry, and we sinned. In our sins we have been a long time, and shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our parter. We are are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look, we are all your people. This is the word of our Lord. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming to you. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Our special music today is by the Trinity Choir and directed by Carol McIntyre and accompanied by Betty Sawyer.
Could we have the children come forward for the children's message and bring your mighty mites with you?
children's sermon today is presented by John Clybeck. Good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Good, doing good. Well, happy Advent to you. Has anybody told you that yet today? No? Well, that's because a lot of folks don't say happy Advent as a regular thing, but I thought it'd be kind of fun to tell you that this morning. Did you know that we're starting the Advent season here at church? Did you know that? Yeah. Well, what's coming up at the end of December that kind of gets us all pretty excited? Christmas, oh yes, you ought to see the eyes getting big, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas. And how, how pretty is the church this morning? It's beautiful, isn't it? Christmas trees and, and uh, cedar boughs and all kinds of wonderful things and candles, special banners. It's a special time of year, isn't it? And we all look forward to Christmas coming. Did you know that that's what Advent means? Is coming coming. I bet that Bradley and MJ were pretty excited about all their family coming for Emma's baptism this morning. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I bet so. Well, coming. Who came at Christmas time that's so important to us? Jesus. Very good. That's exactly right. Jesus came at Christmas time, and that's what we celebrate Advent for, is because we want to remember Jesus coming to us as a little baby who then grew up to become our Savior, didn't he? You betcha. Well, there's a very, very special thing that only comes out usually during Advent season. And if you all want to turn around and look up toward where the acolytes are sitting, do you see the thing that the acolytes lit that has one purple candle burning? Do you see that? That's called the Advent wreath. How many of you have seen the Advent wreath before? Oh yeah, quite a few of you. Well, what you'll notice is, it may be a little hard for us to see, but a wreath usually is in a circle, isn't it? And that shows us, that helps us remember that wreath being in a circle. A circle has no end, does it? Beginning and end doesn't seem to exist. Well, God has no beginning nor end either. He's always been here and always will be. That helps us remember that. Those purple candles, there's three of them, and that's because typically, and the pastor may help us with this a little bit later, but typically there's four Sundays in Advent before Christmas comes. This year's kind of a special year. There's only three. Those three candles, though, being purple, the purple stands for royalty, and that helps us remember that Jesus is our King, right, and our Savior. That pink candle is kind of a special color, it's usually lit on the third Sunday, and that one, I learned, means rejoice. That's something we want to do every Sunday, but especially that Sunday, we rejoice about Jesus coming on Christmas, all right? I think one of the things that we can remember this year being only three Sundays, let's maybe let that help us remember that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three in one. Is such an important part of our faith in Jesus, okay? So let's remember that. 
The other candle you see in the center of it, what color is it? White. What does, what does that candle represent? Christ. The Christ candle. Why do you think it's in the center? Yes, ma'am. Because Jesus is our Savior, and He's in our heart, and He should always be in the center of everything we do, shouldn't He? Absolutely. Jesus is in the center of everything that we do, especially if, with our faith in Him. Well, keep that in mind. That special wreath comes out during Advent season to help us remember those special things about Jesus coming. Jesus comes to us in a variety of different ways. Little Emma, Jesus came to her through the Holy Spirit today, through baptism, right? Up on the altar, underneath the white cloth, Jesus comes to us through Holy Communion. And then in my hand, something that many of you can read on your own or with your parents and grandparents, family, Jesus comes to us through his word, doesn't he? Through the Holy Bible, absolutely. Jesus came, and that's what we can celebrate now and we can look forward to his next coming when we all get to go to heaven with him. Join me for a word of prayer before we head back to our seats. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus to be our Savior. We look so forward every year to remembering that special time when you sent him the first time, when he came and laid in a lowly manger. We pray that you'd bless and be with all of us. Help us, as the Advent wreath shows us, to keep Jesus in the center of our lives and in all that we do, and help us to remember to read our Bibles, to pay attention at baptism, and to think about communion and all the things that you've blessed us with, sending Jesus and the Holy Spirit to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Amen. That's right. The epistle reading for this morning comes from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians as found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel this morning, according to St. Mark, the 11th chapter. Now, 
when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what, what are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. This is the gospel of our Lord.
Dear God, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to be talking about this morning is, of course, Advent, and two specific questions. What are we preparing for, and how do we go about preparing for it? And in order to do that, I'm going to ask Dorothy if she wouldn't mind helping me. She's like, what, me? What? So I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you a question, or no, I'm going to tell you to do something, okay? Dorothy, I want you to go home and prepare. And your next question would probably be what? Yeah, okay, good. But do you know what to prepare for? So if I just said, go home and prepare, you, you might ask, well, prepare for what? Right? Okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. So what is it exactly that we're going to be preparing for? Certainly we are preparing for the celebration of our Lord's birth. But I am here to tell you this morning that if we get so wrapped up in all of the glitz and the glamour and the nostalgia that this season brings with it every single year, if we get so wrapped up in that that we completely forget about everything that we've been talking about the last two or three weeks, we have completely lost the meaning for this season. It is a question that needs to be answered. What is it that we're going to be preparing for and how do we go about doing it? Because we cannot separate our Lord's first coming from his second. And so let's ask that question. How do we go about preparing for it? Well, the first thing that we have to do is we have to understand first how we get caught up in this season. How many of you have gone Christmas shopping? The rest of you haven't? You better get working. It's getting close. We, we allow certain things to steal away our attention, right? I've got so much Christmas shopping to do, and by the looks of it, a lot of you have to do a lot of Christmas shopping yet. I have so much Christmas shopping to do. I've got these Christmas cookies that I have to make. I have to get the house ready for company to come. Perhaps it's something that's even a little bit more serious. We have to go over to mom's house. And at mom's house, so-and-so is going to be there. We have a very icy relationship. What's going to happen? How am I going to go about handling that? What do I say to them? There are so many things that this particular time of year, every year, brings about with it that steals our attention from the thing that we should be focusing on, which is to prepare and the second thing, or at least the second of several things that we have a tendency to allow happen to us during this time of the year is we allow other things to dictate how much that we are worth. It could be on, you could be on one end of it and you have, you know, either A, gotten all of your Christmas shopping done or you still have yet to do it, and you think, man, I, I, I was able to get all of this stuff for all of these people that I love. Won't they, won't they be impressed with me? Or perhaps you're on the other side of that spectrum. 
We just don't have the funds to get everything that I want to get for all of those that I love. Won't everyone be so disappointed with me? Or perhaps we get the fancy new new car and we think, oh man, everybody, you know, this, this is going to be really, really great and I, I, I find so much worth in this. You see, we have a tendency, especially for some reason during this time of the year, more than any other time, I think, that we allow other things to dictate how much that our value is and how much that we are worth. And so, and so that's the first thing. How do we prepare? We understand how we get caught up in allowing other things or other people to steal our attention away and allowing other things or other people to dictate of how much worth that we really are. And the second thing, the second, the second thing that we do and should do and can do to prepare is to remember Remember the past, specifically Christmas. Remember what happened on Jesus' birth as a prelude to what is to come, to the final day. You see, remember that I began this message by saying that if we allow ourselves to get so caught up in the glitz and the glamour that this season brings every year and the nostalgia every year there are certain you know songs that are played or hymns that we sing that that make me think of of different people or different things and that's all well and good but if we allow it to steal away our attention or if we allow it to to dictate how much that we are worth and we have lost the meaning of this season and so may we remember that Jesus was born And let us remember the way in which he was born, that he was born humble and lowly. That the king of creation, I want you to just, I wanna wanna just just pause for just a minute and try to wrap our, our small minds around this. That the king of creation, the God that knows where the snow is kept, the God that, that knows where the wind comes from, the God that knows how many hairs exactly are on your head. As Paul says, made himself nothing. Made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant. He came in such a humble and lowly way. Philippians says he made himself nothing. And when he came into Jerusalem, from the gospel text that we just read, when he comes into Jerusalem, he comes then in a very similar way, humble and lowly. He doesn't come in with this huge entourage and all of these soldiers and all of these people. No, he, he, he comes in humbly on a donkey. And the people see this and they recognize and they shout their hosannas to him, to this humble and lowly king that will soon be glorified in all of the glory that is due to him. We remember, number two, we remember that this Jesus who was born in a humble and lowly way, that he grew. And as the Gospels say, he he grew in wisdom and in stature. 
And as he grew, and then his ministry begins by becoming baptized by John the Baptist, and then he goes into the wilderness, and he is tempted by the great tempter himself, and then he begins his ministry. And then what does he do? He does exactly what Paul said that he is. He serves. He becomes that servant. Everything that was about Jesus' life here on earth, everything that was about that was about pointing people to the Father and pointing people to him, pointing people to the kingdom of God. He healed and he forgave. And he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand and oh, by the way, that kingdom is me. I am the the kingdom of God. I am the kingdom of heaven. And here, let me prove it to you. Your daughter, she needs healed. She is healed. You, you need your sins forgiven. Forgiven they are. Let's put this another way, perhaps a way that we don't think about too often, but we really should. That he came and he ministered among us. He was Eden incarnate. He was Eden incarnate. Because everything that was in the Garden of Eden was perfect. Man's relationship with God was was perfect. They had no reason to be afraid. They never got got sick. They They never had to worry about one of them dying. No, everything was perfect. And so Jesus comes. The kingdom of heaven comes to the people, and what is he doing? He's reversing it. He's putting everything back to the way that it should be. Let us remember that in his ministry that Jesus was Eden incarnate. My wife and I's wedding text from Revelation chapter 21, and there will be no more weeping or mourning or crying or pain. Because the old order of things has passed away. We remember also, number three, we remember that he rode to his death in the same way that he came in from Zechariah chapter 9. He says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation. Gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim. He will proclaim peace to the, the nations. He will, his rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. I will bend Judah, and as I bend my bow and fill it with Ephraim. Your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation. He brought righteous and salvation with him. And on the last day, He will bring it again. 
He will bring to you the only righteousness that saves, which is his own. When the Bible talks about how we are wrapped in the robe of Christ's righteousness, whenever we become a baptized child of the Heavenly Father, wrapped in the robe of Christ's righteousness. And I love these words from from Paul. Your life, your life is so hidden in Christ because of him, that because of his blood, because you are wrapped in that righteousness, the devil cannot touch you. He can't, he can't even find you because you are so, your life is so hidden within the life of Christ. And why does he come to, to Jerusalem? To free, to return, and to restore. Why does he come again to free and to return and to restore? And finally, the fourth thing that we remember, that this baby Jesus who was born, that grew up in all, of, in all wisdom and knowledge, and he healed so many people, forgave so many people of their sins, that he rode to his own death, spilling his very own blood as a foretaste of the feast to come. Remember that every time that the, the Apostle Paul talks about this, that every time that you partake in the body and blood of Jesus, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. that you are proclaiming the Eden that is to come, that you are literally ingesting the Eden that is to come. as a foretaste of that marvelous feast that is to come where there will be no more weeping or mourning or crying or pain because truly the old order of things will have passed away. I want to turn us to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, and this is where Paul says this. He is talking about how, and when he had given thanks, Jesus broke the bread and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant, the new promise in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And and this is where he says those words. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Did you ever wonder, or perhaps we just sort of read over it because we read it so often, in the Nicene Creed, one of those last sentences, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Again, I look forward to Eden being brought down from heaven to earth for which I will live, and not just me, but all who have died and gone before us, all who have believed in his Son. We look forward to the day when the King will return and Eden will come with him. I want to point us to one last thing. If you open your hymnals with me, you'll notice that the last hymn that we're going to be singing 
is one that I'm sure all of you know and have known for quite a, quite a, a while. I mean, unless you can't read yet, like some of our folks. I want to point you to that last hymn, Joy to the World. Number 387. Many people don't realize that when Isaac Watts wrote this hymn, it's not a Christmas hymn. This hymn is not meant, or I guess was not originally meant for Christmas. This hymn was originally meant as a song of joyful praise to the King who is coming again. Watts writes, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns, let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love and the wonders of his love. And so let us not get so wrapped up in all of the joy and the nostalgia and the glitz and the glamour that this season brings with it every year. Certainly we all get excited about it. I don't know a single person that doesn't like Christmas time. But let us not forget that we prepare not only for another celebration of our Lord's birth, but we prepare and continually prepare for his second coming. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. And so we confess together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Apostles' Creed, as it is found printed in the back part, the, uh, the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended to heaven, and sits at the right hand of God, Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we gather our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to uh, find that tear-off slip that's on the back cover of your hymnal. Uh, fill that out. 
If you are a family, you only need to fill out one per family. I didn't make that clear last week. So if you are a family, you only need to fill out one of those uh, slips uh, for your whole family. Uh, with that, we collect our tithes and offerings. Ladies Afternoon Bible Study meets the first and third Monday at 1 p.m. We we will meet December 4th. We welcome all ladies to join us in the chapel. Ladies Tuesday Evening Bible Study meets at 7 p.m. every week at the home of Tony Oberman. The Mount Vernon Ladies Bible Study meets the second and fourth Monday evenings at 7 p.m. at the home of Betty Sawyer. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Trinity's Children's Sunday School and Adult Bible Classes meet at 8.45 a.m. each Sunday in the school. A men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several, late, several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is Advent Adventure with guest speaker Rev. Dr. Dale A. Meyer. Sometimes our faith gets weaker, sometimes it grows stronger. Let's take this Advent to heart and live by faith and not by sight. These broadcasts are made possible by the donations to the broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. We now rejoin the congregation during the worship service. In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember. First, for those in our health list, from Elba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Clybaker, Flora Overman, Landreth Worm, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Orrin Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan and Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Karen Clybaker, Lena Bremer, Sheila Cadell, Jeannie Stoltz, Ruth Skaggs, Marjean Clanton, and Becky Morgan. Also for Don and Karen.
Schmedeke as they are celebrating today 56 years of marriage. We go to our Lord in prayer. And also one more to add to our health list for, for Wayne Towers as he fell and broke his hip. And we'll be having hip and we'll be having hip surgery today at Mercy in Joplin. Lord, as we begin a new season of Advent, of preparation, may it be a time when we prepare for our future hope of the new Eden. And so may we remember all that you have done and accomplished on our behalf as a prelude of the joy that is to come. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you have given us these stars as markers of days and seasons, and we thank you for bringing us to the beginning of a new church year. Keep us faithful as we move through its observances and, and celebrations. May we gather often to hear the proclamation of your Son and receive the gifts you so freely bestow upon us. Lord, in your mercy. We do not know, Lord, the time when the Son of Man will come. That knowledge belongs only to you. Keep us wakeful, watchful, and ever ready for his arrival, so that we, along with all of your faithful people, may be gathered from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Lord, in your mercy. Oh Lord, we pray for all who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. Especially, Lord, for all those that we have named on our health list for Wayne, and for all those, Lord, that we name before you in our hearts now. Grant them healing, Lord, according to your good and the gracious will. May their suffering cease as they seek you and your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. So, Lord, in your love, you have called us to know you, have led us to trust you, and bound our life with your own. Surround Emma with your love. Protect her from evil and harm. Fill her with the light of Jesus as she has now been received into the family of your church through water and the word. Thank you that your promises are for her and for all of her life. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this coming week. We especially uh, thank you and, uh, and pray for Don and Karen upon celebrating their 56th, what, their 56th wedding anniversary. We pray to you that by your spirit you would enable them to remain faithful to each other and to the vows that they have made. Uplift them in their love for one another, especially the love for you. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, even as we, as we await your coming in glory, you come to us in the here and the now, in the bread and wine, that is the body and blood of your Son. May all who approach your table this day receive the sacrament worthily so that with sins forgiven and faith, up, and faith uplifted, your people lack no gift as they await the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Yeah. 
Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assault of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. And with Lutheran Christians, you confess, I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, A drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Our communion hymns today are What Hope and Eden Prophesized on Lutheran Service Book page number 342, Alleluia Sing to Jesus on page 821, Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord on page 637, and All Christians Who Have Been Baptized on page 596 in the Lutheran Service Book.
And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that you would uplift us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service 
and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Parker Shane. again a special word of welcome to all of our guests and visitors today we're very very glad that you were here to worship with us also thanks to all of you for taking part in uh, our daughter's baptism this morning uh, we are overjoyed that you were able to be here to be a part of that uh, I think now let's go ahead and I believe Fawn would like us to pray for the meal before we get there unless somebody is gonna stop me from doing that which is fine but nobody okay so let's go ahead and pray the common table prayer Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let these gifts to us be blessed. May our souls by thee be fed, ever on the living bread. Amen. Pray that you all would have a very, very blessed week. Don't forget that our first Wednesday in Advent is this coming Wednesday at 7 p.m.